Hello and welcome to another episode of Hour of Healing. I am your weekly host, Joe Debra. And today we are talking about a topic that is so dear to my heart. We are talking about gaps in marriage. And our guest is our dear friend, Dr. Bright AJ, who has a doctorate in physical therapy and also works uh, in real estate um, as a real estate agent down in Texas. Dr. Bright has been with us before. And as I mentioned previously, he's a man of God who loves the Lord with his heart. He cares dearly about making an impact in the younger generation, such as you and I, and also is a proud dad of now two young ladies. Well, we thank God for his life and his time uh, to be with us today. Dr. Bright, it's certainly a pleasure to have you back on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, gaps, gaps in marriage. You know, we have all been there. We've all known the friends. And I always say, if it's not happened to you, we all know someone who has gone through some turbulence in their marriage or are going through turbulence in their marriage. We all have friends and loved ones who, unfortunately, uh, their marriages are at the verge of breakup right now. Um, and not only for me does this um, kind of stir up an emotion, but it also robs uh, today, Dr. Bright, uh, Dr. Ajay. Uh, when you look at our society today, not only has divorce rate risen, but divorce in the church has actually exponentially risen. And so whenever I think about this, I say, why? Isn't marriage something that God instituted? And isn't marriage in the church supposed to be the example, the footprint for many to be able to follow? And so, dear listener, today you are in for a treat because we will be talking about one of these things that I personally consider to be a very big stumbling block to the success of many young marriages today. Whenever we talk about gaps, I see gaps as an area of disconnect or dissatisfaction. No matter what aspect uh, area of your life that you have a gap in, whenever there is a disconnect or a dissatisfaction, you run the risk of problems leading to the potential failure of whatever that is. And I think it's the same in marriage. Uh, with time, we will talk about the living marriage on our series uh, of conversations concerning marriage. But today, let's focus on gaps in marriage. Now, Dr. Brighter J, let's get right into it. How would you define gaps in marriage? So I think, uh, first, thank you again for having me. Um, uh, this is one of those topics I think we probably could spend the next decade, you know, deciphering okay. it. Many have gone before us, we've gone through it now. And so um, thankfully, you know, our next year we'll be, I would have been married for about 10 years and been together total probably about 18 years. Yeah. Wow. And so it's been a lot uh, in, within that spectrum. And then we're fortunate to, my parents have been married for close to 40 years. And so, wow. you wow. know, thankfully I had a good template and tried to learn from, and like you said, we learn from all those around us. But gaps, I think, definitely are areas where there uh, there is a deficit 
let's say misunderstanding there's wrong uh, assumptions you know mm-hmm. and so people unfortunately sometimes not necessarily from a bad place but i think they're more so to do with people not acknowledging and realizing that there are going to be those so they mm-hmm. institute a plan to try to figure that out you know, there are a lot of people, even before they get married, there are certain preparations they have to go through individually and certain levels of maturity, especially I would use, so to speak, before you get into marriage. But a lot of people are ill-prepared even before they start. And very few people can undergo the change while married. Yeah. You know, so mm. it's twofold. Not only are they not prepared for the marriage, but when they get in there, they're not able to rise to the occasion quickly and go through that change to make it work. And so it's one of those things you used to be, you know, different cultures will have, you don't marry until you're a certain age, you're this, you're that. It's not necessarily to do with the age, but it's the individual and the personality and the, and, and the experience and the maturity, because most people come from different backgrounds, you know, Absolutely. very different backgrounds, very different experiences, but the gaps exist in just about any and every area, you know, finances, wealth, culture, you name it. But it, it's identifying those even before getting to it. But I think especially with Christendom, because you emphasize that, which is sad, we confuse spirituality with personality and some of these other gaps. Mm. But they're not the same mm. thing, you know. And so we just assume just because he's a man of God, it means my marriage will be perfect. No. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I would say gaps is anywhere where there is, used to be when we did math, they would say simultaneous equations from one side equals the other. Unfortunately, when there's a gap, one side does not equal the other. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And um, I mean, you are right. Uh, uh, certainly that we have uh, experiences that we have to draw from. Uh, I always uh, tell people uh, close to me that, I think I'm above all things, uh, one of the graces that I have in my life is to be able to learn from others without them even knowing I'm learning from them. Right. So um, personally, one, um, one funny thing that I actually do in my uh, work right now is I rank patients uh, the length of years they've been married. Right. I think right now my highest uh, couple, um, they are in their 90s, but they've been married for 68 years. Right. And um, the, uh, the, the, the idea actually came to me when I start, uh, for me to start this, when I saw a couple, they've been married for 61 years and the wife still called the husband baby. Right. And I'm sitting in the room with the couple and I'm like, how long have you right. two been married again? Right. Right. And the man says 61 and the wife says almost 62. <laughs> we got two more months to go, baby. Right. And so I said, you still call him baby? And he said, yeah, he still calls me sweetheart. And the man starts talking to me about I married my best friend and all these things. So it's it's not even, I realized that it's not even just about the length of time that people have been together. Yes, absolutely. The length of time does bring a lot of experience and knowledge. But there are people who, I know couples who have been married for 30 years, 20 years, And the marriage, excuse me to say, is dead. Right. There is there is no joy in the right. marriage. There's no joy in their home. Right. And I think that's a part of what you were alluding to when you said that uh, it exists in every aspect of us. Right. So gaps in marriage, um, I think, does not only create problems, right. but it also um, can exist. Right. Though the marriage is there, right. 
but the gap could be uh breaking the communication and the things that you mentioned um so, I mean, uh, a, a few lot minutes of, ago a lot of marriages survive you know so you, the, the statistics you talk about for instance where we know one or two marriages divorce that's those that actually go through the whole process of divorce but under mm -hmm. that 50 percent, there's a whole lot of them that just survive they don't thrive and there's a big difference mm -hmm. And especially if you take it even to our subset and our subculture, there's so many marriages. If you see that, there's nothing that will want to make you get married. You know, and a lot of these, because of these things, where the gaps exist and the gaps have penetrated to issues of distrust and migrated in so many other ways. And the mm. question is, yes, most people don't realize, like any good thing worth having, you have to fight for it. You have to work hard at it. And I think we come into a process of where marriage culturally sometimes for instance is what you get from it instead of what you're going to give yep. you know most people yep. part of the gap to prepare themselves before they even get married is you have to look at it that when i go bear the responsibility with somebody else what am i going to offer them what do i have to offer do you have anything Absolutely. valuable because if i don't then i have to sit back and kind of work on me so i know i have something to offer versus a lot of going to it the other way around where what am i going to get from that what am i going to take from that and to arrive from mm. the gates, mm. the setup or the foundation, unfortunately, it's not the right way. And like I said, then once you get in, then many are not able to figure it out on the spot. Because now there are other yeah. pressures and other stresses that come into it. And so it Absolutely. becomes you genuinely and have to intentionalize wanting to do better. And the way you do that is finding people like couples like you mentioned. You know, finding resources that can help you. Not people that just tell you what to do, but people that you've Absolutely. seen exhibit the kind of marriage Absolutely. you want. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's actually very funny that you said um, uh, the statement, what I'm going to bring to the marriage. I know we talked about Dr. Miles Monroe, and that's one of the things that he actually teaches, uh, the late Dr. Miles Monroe. Uh, he, I remember one of either his books or his messages, he said, don't get married until you have learned right. to to be successful at being independent right. and i think that is what a lot of people miss that we think being married will bring that independence that freedom right. that i want right. but if you are not responsible as a single person <laughs> that same attitude right. is what you draw in right. into being married um since we have this problem because i think most of our listeners even if they are not going through, they know enough people right. to know that this is the reality of what we are dealing with right now in our day and age. How do couples who unfortunately did not do the pre-assessments uh, themselves, they did not learn to thrive as individuals or as single people before they got married. Now they are married. How do they go about identifying uh, some of these gaps and the causes of these gaps? I think one of the first things they have to do is you have to ask yourself, what's the purpose of being married? I think that's mm. a very, very important and fundamental question because what that sometimes can show is it can show the two different parallels you own. Because if my purpose for getting married is very different from my spouse's purpose for getting married, then we have a little bit of a Absolutely. challenge because now we have to unite that purpose some way, somehow. And so I think a lot of them, that's the fundamentally. And unfortunately, one of them biggest problems, even with that, is the communication. You know, mm -hmm. communication is one of those things, sometimes we take it as a given, but it's not. And, you know, uh -huh. when you're with a spouse, you have to figure out what is their mode of communication. 
You know, and I give an example. I, I'm very loud. I'm very animated. I'm very excited. I like <laughs> to talk. My wife is the total opposite. Yes, I've met her. <laughs> right. She's very quiet, very reserved. And so even when we got married, even when you wanted to share good news, she was always taken aback because to her, you're too loud. She always thought you something bad. It's like, no, no, I'm just excited. It's just energy. <laughs> I come from a house, a lot of kids. So what I had to do over the, and, and I always tell people, you know, when we got married, that first six months to one year was when you figuring these things out because before that, we don't live together. You know, when you're dating, it's easy. Let's meet for lunch. Let's do this. Everybody's in their best behavior. That's easy. You know, you hope you find enough of the fundamentals. That's why you move beyond the dating to try to get married. But now you're actually going to find out, you know, what you base your hopes on if they're real. But that's where some of those little changes come in. So what I had to do was I had to get to a point where sometimes if I want to communicate with her, I have to text. Because she does way better because when you're texting, the personality is not there. She's not having right. to deal with the tone. But then I also have to help her understand sometimes in a text, you can't determine the tone the message is in. So there are certain nope. things too that you have to meet me halfway where we have to talk about it in person. I have to learn to tone it down and then you have mm -hmm. to learn to, okay, but that's figuring it out. And so I think a lot of it, 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 you first and foremost have to define the purpose. Why are you wanting to get married? Why are you married? You know, and then figure out what, you know, one of the things I, I used to do, or try to do with my wife, which in the beginning, she used to think this was the weirdest thing, was every year, I'm like, what are our goals for this year? Mm. You know, and it's so funny because we are brought up in a way where, one, we don't talk about things, and two, we don't write things down. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you ask that question, like, well, what's wrong with you? You know, you just kind of sleep, you wake up, you thank God, let's go for the day. You sleep, wake up, like, no, 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 no. Certain things, you have to have a purpose. You have to have a goal. doesn't mean you're going to get there, but at least it's going to inform your actions. Absolutely. And everything you do is going to try to tie into that. So once you figure out that purpose, then you figure out how you're going to get there. You know, And I think some of these, you do once individual. We have individual goals, individual resolutions. Mm -hmm. But then as a family unit, you also come together and try to draw that and then communicate that effect in where what you are thinking and what they understand it is on the same page. I think yes. fundamentally that's a place to start. Wow. Well, so dear listener, if you are listening to us, setting down or having that open dialogue about the purpose for the marriage, both for you and for your spouse. Um, I echo this because you will be surprised how many of our young marriages where um, I've had friends mm -hmm. uh, um, and loved ones come to me, uh, we're talking about issues going on in their marriage. Mm -hmm. And then I ask, so what was your intentions mm -hmm. of getting married? Mm -hmm. And they just look <laughs> at you like, what yep. do you mean? I mean, yep. personally, I'm, and it's not that you don't know why you got right. married, right. but you voicing it out. Right letting somebody else hear it right. puts you in a, a, a position of accountability right. that this is why I got married. Right. This is what I have communicated. And so I have to work towards it. Right. I feel that uh, when we fail to actually make that declaration, right. then we uh, it's a disservice to ourselves because uh, things there are a lot of things in our minds and most of them get jumbled up from time to time depending on the stresses of the day Correct. but when it had been verbalized and or it had been put in writing right. that we can be held accountable right. to it 
like you said, it has to be something that you work on. Right. And so I really uh, appreciate you um, bringing that up uh, to our um, audience. So um, I, I will then ask this, that what are some of the uh, factors that um, influence or contribute to gaps existing in our marriage? Um, I'm pretty sure there are external factors and internal factors. So what are some factors that uh, contribute to gaps in our right. marriage? So one of the things I'll jump kind of ahead and kind of work back. What it does set us up, following up from the last point, is it set us up for unrealistic expectations or unrealistic spousal mm -hmm. expectations. And that's what ends up creating a bigger gap and more problems. You know, mm -hmm. like you said, the internal external factors, you know, sometimes we influence even subconsciously without learning. Let's say if I grew up in a household that parents were divorced and there's a lot of bickering, a lot of fighting, that to me is some sort of normalcy that I've grown up with. Correct. And so you might find a spouse who actually profusely shows love, but you distrust because you've seen what's happened on the other side of mm. things. But I think where the gaps come in, you know, a lot of them, for instance, financially, a lot of marriages collapse because of that. Because we have yeah. different goals when it comes to finances. You know, you have one spouse that feel like God bless them, that they want to get to the top so they can bless a whole generation. And then you have another mm -hmm. that just wants to be able to go to work, get paid and come home. They're fine. So right there, there's a and huge go disconnect. And go shopping. Exactly. I mean, let me use this example <laughs> with your permission, right? You're a medical doctor. So if you had the wrong person with the wrong purpose with from a financial standpoint, they might just want to come in there. You go work. They take the money. They go shopping. You don't need to be doing this podcast. And so mm, if they don't understand absolutely. what your purpose or your goal is, they might even bicker <laughs> and not fight with you by wasting time doing this. Because get what? They just <laughs> want you to go true. to work and make money and come on to spend it. <laughs> That's the problem. And so I think finances is a huge part I always start from because there's so many people where there's the assumption is one is mm. going and thinking, you know, what is the financial plan? We're going to save together. Well, one is going to thinking, no, you save your money. I save my money. And that's not mm. communicated. You know, you, yeah, you take a state like Texas. Once you get married, it's a community property, right? Yeah. But then I have couples who, when they went into their marriage, the understanding was we'll contribute towards common bills. The rest of you save your money and I save my money. And then now they're going yeah. through a divorce, but then now the other one wants the money from the other person. And and, and, he, and he made a quote-unquote comment. He's like, this is, now I understand why people kill people. Mm. It's a sad, sad realization, but you could see where he's coming from. He was yeah. talking about the fact that, you know, when it used to be, why don't just people divorce? You know, why would people, you know, divorce is bad, but why would people go to the extent of also killing other spouses? But now that he's right. going through it and coming to the point that we even had this conversation and we figured out this plan, which to me, right from the get-go, already let you also know, if you don't trust each other to save together, that's a, yeah. that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. Right? But to him, if we had figured out this is the plan we're going to go, and then now, because maybe we thought someday we might separate, that's why we went this plan anyways, but yet you still want to double-cross me that way, we got a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think finances is a huge, huge part of the way. Figure out what are the financial goals? You know, somebody may be wanting to do the fire, financial independence, retire early, whether they want to retire when they're 30 or 40. The other person like, nope, I don't see the need to stress myself. I'm going to wait till I'm 60, 65. Mm -hmm. What are the financial goals? That's where some of the gaps, because one may be frugal. That's where the gaps are. Uh, you know, they may yeah. have grown up where yeah. they save. They can't come from many. And so they know what it is to be found wanting. 
So they have learned from right. that experience and never want to be back there. Well, you have another that never lacked. So they are not used to, or they used to spend money any which way. They don't know what's a budget. Mm. That's a gap mm. in marriage. And so it's about the two finding out a way to communicate and come up with a plan that works for both. You know, one might help the other maybe not be as stingy. One might help the other also tone down the spending and realize things can change. You know, I can be involved Absolutely. in an accident today and then what happens? That income is not coming back in. You know, that's mm-hmm. one of the things. You know, another thing is just culture. You mm-hmm. know, culture. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, culture, there's certain expectations. You know, I, I am fortunate. A lot of my family are married to Westerners or Caucasians, so to speak, right? And you know from our culture and our background, you know, you get married, you, it's a whole family affair. Yes. A whole family, the extended family. Well, when they first mm-hmm. got married, some of my aunties, they understand, what do you mean you're supposed to take care of ABC? That's not your job. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of that where there has to be that preparation, that communication, that education, you know, mm-hmm. to try to rise up to where there's some sort of common ground or common understanding. It won't be perfect. Marriage yeah. is a struggle. You won't get it all, you know, but that's one mm-hmm. of the things, you know, maturity. You have somebody who's been independent from two years old because their parents died. And you have right. one where everything, one, one of my closest friends, the biggest problem they were having in the marriage was she was an only daughter mm. by the dad and the mom. They're Caucasians. Those are my classmates. And he always would come to me because she was my best friend. He would come to me complaining. But I'm like, what's the problem? Well, anytime they made a decision, she would run it by her dad. Because mm. guess what? That's what she's done forever. Ever. And so he yeah. felt so belittled, like, what do you mean? I can't just do this. So I had to try to get her <laughs> to see from his point to understand, now you're married. <laughs> you know? And so even if you're going to, instead of always going to dad, they'll be like, they would make a decision. Oh yeah, great. Let's do this. And before he knows dad is calling, it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know? So some of these problems, they're not bad. It's just, depending on how we go about it, we can make it Absolutely. work. But if we just assume and just realize, you know, like you said, it's in my mind, they know, you know, let's talk about even intimacy. We talk about gaps in marriage. Talk about intimacy. It's a huge part mm-hmm. of marriages. You know, the expectation levels or what, you know, somebody may have come from a background where because of how they were indoctrinated, they see it as a bad thing, even in marriage, yeah. even in the concept of marriage. And you have another where that's not anywhere near. Now, if you don't have that communication and figure that out, there are always going to be one dissatisfied partner who may find us a justification to then cheat. Because yeah. they might be able yeah. to express themselves openly and freely with somebody they think they're compatible with. But a lot of people I find don't have some of these discussions. For instance, how many children? One says they never want kids. One wants a big family. Yeah, they never <laughs> talk about that to try to figure it out. So there's so many of them. But I think the first and foremost, like we talked about, it's not just keeping it in here, but finding a way to voice it out, you know, and finding yeah. the right time. When you yeah. marry, you get married to your spouse, you should know when to talk to your spouse. You don't try to have some of these conversations when they just came from a 12-hour shift, you know. <laughs> you have to know when to try to, and you won't get it all, but I think once there's the genuineness and the openness to engage, most Absolutely. people, then you start work at it, and it's a process, and it gets better. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, 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 I like the practicality of this because um, this is what we hear. This is what we see. This right. is what people are going through. This, some of these things we have lived ourselves. I haven't been married a long, um, but 
I always say I was fortunate enough to be working under pastors right. for years of my life right. and was able to sit through a lot of counseling sessions right. way before I even decided to even have my first girlfriend. Right. And so um, I, I really do appreciate the practicality of this. Um, but there is one gap that um, for our day and age, I really want to mention, and that is the gap of education. Um, I think that is a really big issue that's plaguing a lot of our uh, colleagues and a lot of our friends where the gap is uh, so that let's say you have your doctorate mm -hmm. and sometimes your wife um, or your husband um, did not even complete mm -hmm. college. Mm -hmm. Based on uh, various dynamics, I mean, depending on fi family right. situations, where they came from and things like that. And as you kept repeating, this is not bad. Right. It's just about realizing right. that this is something that needs to be worked on. Right. And people, unfortunately, um, try to ignore it, right. if I can say that, right. or they tend a blind eye right. to it and say, oh, it's okay, I love him, right. I, I get butterflies in my stomach when I see him, right. so when I marry him, it's going to be great, right. or when I marry her, it's going to be great, and then they get, they get married, right. and then you get to a place where there is a power struggle, right. because one believes they are more wiser, right. and the other believes they are more smarter. Right. Um, I, I remember uh, a story that I had uh, many years ago. I, I had two grandparents uh, who were very um, worthy. And then they, um, one was a professor at a university and the other was a cocoa farmer uh, back in Ghana. So there was a family dispute. I wasn't present. This is a story being told to me by my grandmother. And she says the uh professor is trying to explain why they should do things this way and all that and then the cocoa farmer just got up and said listen you have book knowledge and that is worthless when it comes to this family right i have farm knowledge right. and it's the best knowledge there is right. um i say that jokingly but that is kind of what happens in marriages a lot of time when i talk about a uh, gap in education right. that one believes that hey, I have street knowledge right. and that is the best form of knowledge. And the other believes I have academic knowledge. That's the best form of knowledge. And until there is a conversation or a dialogue about this uh, so that they come to an understanding, really, it becomes a big gap. Right. And um, that leads to a lot of, right, right. <laughs> a lot well, of problems. I intentionally kind of hadn't mentioned that. And partly because I was trying to give room. So it didn't, I didn't keep going and ranting. But it's one of the first <laughs> things I have written down. And it's interesting you say that because I think part of the challenge is, you know, when you, for instance, get in a relationship with somebody who is maybe educational background, you know, they go to school. That didn't just happen overnight. So mm -hmm. you knew that going into it. And like you said, we all have convenient amnesia where we ignore those things. Because at that time, we're looking at, oh, I'm excited. Oh, he's a good... And my biggest thing, especially with Christian couples, oh, he loves God. But to <laughs> them, that's it. But what does loving God mean? Exactly. Right? They don't even investigate that down further. But the whole idea is, oh, you know, the same thing that drew them to you as the status symbol, oh, it's Dr. Joe, Dr. Deborah. You know, that same thing will become a bane once you get married. Well, why are you going all yep. the time? Whose patient is calling you at this point of the hour? You know, and mm -hmm. my biggest thing in life is everyone is a lifelong learner. I, I am exactly like Absolutely. where to me, my patients are one of my biggest resources. 
in the sense that, like you said, you may be healing them medically, but guess what? You are learning from them, in this case, for instance, in terms of marriage. Because when you peel a lot of things back, we're all the same. We all want the mm-hmm. same thing. Peace, mm-hmm. respect, to you know, to be able to provide all those similar things, all we will all want. We may be different, go about it differently. And so I always, anytime I come across people, I see them as a resource. And a lot of these things, the reason why it goes back to that first question is what am I going to give in marriage? Is then, when you really understand what marriage is about, it's not about the other person. It becomes about what you can do and how you're going to go about it, you know, to make sure it works. And so even if you're the one that's least educated or even if you're the one that's most educated, you're going to go about it in a way that you can make it work. It's not about lording over the other. Sometimes always known our roles, right? Indeed, you may be the formal educator, but then I had a couple, one of of my very good friends around here, he's one of the chiefs here. And I was having a conversation with him and I was pricking him some of these little things. And he's much older than me. And he said, Mm -hmm. you know, right? In my house, my wife runs the finances. Because if I run the finances, we'll be broke. And I said, you know what? You're a very (laughs) smart man. Because I know culturally where we're coming from, that's not a mm-hmm. thing to say, especially even out loud to another person. That oh, as the yeah. man at the house, your wife runs the money. But he was wise enough to know, you know, knowledge is one thing, but wisdom is another thing. Where he oh, knows yes. <laughs> if I run this house, we'll be broke. But if I let my wife, and I say, at the end of the day, guess what? Then you get, it's all about the results, right? Now you both get mm-hmm. what you're wanting. Sometimes Absolutely. knowing your role, you know, the education is good for certain things. And then the street knowledge is good for certain things. It's about working together. Let me help mm. you. Because education, anybody, if they choose to, can be, can get educated. And then it's not, education is not the only key to success in this life. It's about finding your Absolutely purpose. Absolutely not. But anybody who chooses to, same way, can learn about educating themselves around the house. But I say, you know, that's somebody who's been raised, who's cultured, who knows how to run a home. And so you can come with your degree and go marry <laughs> Dr. or Professor so-so-and-so. She will go marry Professor so-and-so. Guess what? Your husband will go after her. Because yep. when it comes, it's about complementing each other. Absolutely. You know, it's not a competition. So yeah, no, I think we all live in a, in a society where instead of facing the reality and making it work, we pretend and we assume and I always say, you know, a marriage is not, it's not the market. When you're having these conversations with your spouse, it's like you have other people there. So if the two no. of you cannot be vulnerable and naked with each other and discuss some of these things and work it out, then when is it going to get better? My, my biggest frustration is when somebody will come to me, you know, my wife or my husband, blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, have you spoken to them about it? They're like, no. I'm like, then what the heck are you talking to me about? <laughs> the very person this affects that you want to see change, you haven't even taken the step to have that conversation <laughs> with. So why are you bringing the third person in? You know, and they look at you like, duh. I'm like, but that's the whole point. They're the one you're going to sleep, wake up with, go every, they're the one this very thing affects. So that's your starting point. It's not your pastor. It's not your mom. It's not your friend. It's not anybody. That is your starting point. It's trying to figure out. And if you've been with somebody enough, you should also know how you communicate with them. You know, and those are little things. Yeah, I can help you with how to communicate. Maybe start with a positive leading to what the challenge is and let's resolve somewhere. But you have to have a way of communicating with the spouse 
first. Absolutely. Before you bring so these gaps, they're everywhere anywhere, and they can become strengths if you use them correctly. Because Absolutely. you complement one is taking care of one side, one is taking the then you both move. But because a lot of us make assumptions and don't communicate them clearly, then we get frustrated because they're inbuilt and they're boiling. And that creates more problems. Well, I think that's a good segue to uh, end the first section on this. And um, uh, I like something that you said that you said when handled accurately or appropriately, it can become strength for the marriage. And that is where we'll be picking off on um, part two of this section, how we're going to be able to deal with stress um, gaps in marriage and how that will end up impacting or how we will get healing from this. But before we end um, our part one of this conversation, Dr. J, uh, any parting words um, that you would like to share with our audience? Yes. Yeah, so I always come back to as as believers, the source or our manual always is the word of God and the scripture. And so first and foremost, I encourage even though the postcard for all, if not, I would encourage anyone to seek their salvation. Because I think that's first and foremost a prerequisite that helps, even with a lot of these. Um, and it's a genuineness of it. Because like you said, there are Christians whose marriages are collapsing, and we ask ourselves why. But sometimes the genuineness to actually learn to draw closer to Christ and to tap from that is not there. He's just an insurance policy. But I, I can encourage you and everyone that if indeed genuinely says if we seek him, if we he will find he will find us. You know, when we commit all our ways to him, when it comes to marriage, just like any other facet of our life, we can't do it by our own strength. You know, as we talk about these things, it's not easy. If it was easy, a lot of us would have done it. It's all about <laughs> understanding and seeking the help constantly and daily from the Spirit. Because when it comes to marriage, it's two. And sometimes, as one, there's only so much you can do. But with help from above, we don't convict. We don't change people. The Spirit of God does. We just ask the Lord to be able to help us to do our part, to avail ourselves so that we can be that conduit, that vessel. So I'll end that, you know, in all things, seek the kingdom first. Let's find, you know, God first. God is love. And in marriage, when we talk about marriage, it's about love. Let's understand, try to get to understand what it means to love someone. God is love. It's not an act. It's who he is. So that's what we are expected to be, to be that love. Not just show love here and there when it suits us. But once we get to that, and it's a process, it's a constant change, we'll be able to be better spouses and be able to improve in our marriages also. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Ajay. Uh, dear listener, um, we will be ending part one of Gaps in Marriage here. Um, this is an all-important topic, just as uh, most of the topics that we do discuss here on Hour of Healing. But again, this is Hour of Healing, and we are all about helping you heal no matter what situation that you find yourself in. So join us same time next week on Hour of Healing as we talk about the healing part of this um, terrific conversation. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. And it's certainly a pleasure to have you on board. God bless you. We will see you same time next week. Bye-bye.